much out You better not cry You better not pout Hey, I'm telling you why Santa, Santa Claus coming to town Santa Claus coming to town Santa Claus is coming to town This is Waffle On Podcast. Welcome to the Christmas episode of Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings and of course, sitting next to me, looking like a Christmas elf on dope, Mr. Mark C. Kelly. Hello. How are you, sir? I'm alright. And how does this Christmas cheer find you? Beans that it's released today on the 17th of December. Oh, I forgot we'd time shuffling again. Yeah, it's, it's your again. birthday today. Happy birthday. I'm saying what, I'm rather sober for my birthday. I know. Mm. And unfortunately, as it is your birthday today, uh, I can't join you for the Mexican meal. I do apologise. I am really. In, in advance, <laughs> from the past, today. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> so what were you looking forward to uh, for Christmas on TV or film? We were talking about this when we the other day. Basically, there's nothing on terrestrial TV for me. I'll tell you why. Now you know me. I am. I am. I think the whole podcasting nation knows you. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, one. I'm not a fan of Downton Abbey. I know it's good, but it's just not my cup of char. <laughs> and then I know you would like it, but I'll talk about it now is Doctor Who Christmas special. Right. Now I like Doctor Who. Always like Doctor Who. I'm not like you. I'm not like obsessives. I know, but I hate the Christmas specials. Mm. Now, yeah, I've been telling this for years. You, every year you tell me, oh, this one's going to be good. And it shit. Do you not think that's only because of the fact I'm saying that with hope? Yeah, it's like last year. It's the one with Catherine bloody... No, Jen- no, no, it wasn't. Last, last year was, was the one with the, the shark. The shark, yeah, uh, Catherine Jenkins. Is that Catherine? Is it Catherine? Catherine yeah, Catherine, the one I thought, I wonder if she's going to sing. And funny enough, she played an opera singer in it. Yeah, that was a little bit of stunt stunt no, casting. No. A bit like the Kylie Minogue one with stunt casting. As well. I don't know what other... Uh, Doctor, what, the, what the Doctor Who fans think of the Christmas specials? Are they well, like I, th- I don't know I think the thing is with Doctor Who fa- well classic Doctor Who fans I'd say we, we're constantly optimistic when it comes to Doctor Who because the fact that we lost our show in 1989 for, for did they used years. to do Christmas specials yeah, no not really no. I mean there was always Christmas specials no not, not specials there was Christmas episodes get- the most notable one was uh, the William Hartnell episode where he breaks the fourth wall and wishes everybody a happy a happy Christmas oh yeah, yeah I which, think you've shown me that yeah which I've got into the debate now saying that Obviously, if you break the fourth wall, you're kind of breaking the story, aren't you, really? Yeah. Colin Baker, I think, does that when he regenerates from Peter Davidson. And he turns around and says, um, change, my dear, and not a moment too soon. And he looks directly into the camera. Now, we've got a funny story about Colin Baker. I'm not I'm sure if you mentioned this on the last podcast. Oh, about, Do you remember how, how, did I, how did I recognise yeah, Colin Baker? Bit, I think this is about Colin Baker. You, you recognise him by his girth. No. Mainly the girth of his behind. <laughs> Just sort of big fat art, you know. I reckon that's. 
I reckon that's Colin Baker. I'm on a sub. He was. He was. Yeah. Talk, talking to Ian McNeese. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because, of course, Ian McNeese played uh, Churchill in the, the last time. But when they did the changing, how on earth did Colin Baker ever fit in the same clothes? Well, so why didn't he? Why wasn't he no, naked? Well, no, if you look, if you look right, because I've got the behind the scenes of that. I know you've always this, been right? obsessed by this change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I do like, I think it's a great regeneration. Uh, one, because obviously I think Peter Davis also got, and Colin Baker's really good as well, just wasn't given a chance. But um, we have to do this quickly because we're meant to be doing something else. But. Um, they had to. They he had. He had to wore, wore his own jumper and his trousers, and Peter had to wore his. But when it comes to the jacket and all that, um, I think they had to do a slit at the back to make it fit him properly. <laughs> that would have looked cool if it would have been like. But uh, again, I think if it not the Hulk with Rick Trout, that would have been. Trousers. <laughs> well, the worst one for that is Patrick Trouton regenerating into jumper. The jumper is six foot five. Patrick Trouton's your size, no, <laughs> four foot seven. It's ridiculous. Cheeky bastard. <laughs> so um, should we do a little bit of feedback? Feedback. It's Christmas, hello everyone. Happy Christmas. Yeah, on, uh, okay, well, look, let's just mention um, the fact that we have a Facebook page. We have a great group going on there. Some brilliant comments being put on. Uh, I'm not going to read out your names, guys, because you know who you are. But it's a regular, a regular lot of chaps are being put on. I know so you've been a bit lack coming on there, now, son. Well, you've no, got a new laptop now. I know, yeah, but that's it. I'm getting all back into it. Okay, in there. There's some great suggestions going on. I don't want to see some of you slagging. Well, I'm next year. <laughs> next year, that's my uh, my. New Year's resolution is mm. to be more proactive with the waffle iron. That is my thing. That's really? something that I you know, You're going to be more. What, what do you mean by that? Oh, like, well, are you going to, are you going to avoid something? No, no. I think no, no. Because you were saying you want me to start picking some more subjects because we do a lot more. Year, and I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll do it next well, time. Like, yeah. like it says, I, I, I want to do that Survivors episode. I mean, on about that for ages. That's, that's your bag. That's my that bag. Yeah. And like I said, there's a few things I want to do. The man would be king. I'll yes. get it done one day. We are going to do that. And I also want you to do an Ian McCulloch special as well. Not the singer. No, yeah, yeah. Because he got really grumpy when we saw him. <laughs> we looked grumpy last time. <laughs> we should have got his autograph in there. Yeah. Um, we also, of course, bear in mind that we've got an iTunes and we'd like to have some more reviews up there, please. Um, it always helps us out on the iTunes review. That'd be good. Plus, we have a donate button on the old um, website on Podbean site. So, if you've got a spare pound or dollar phone in. Um, so, Kel, have a guess which podcast is giving away some special, ugly Christmas socks every week until January 2014. This is, this is not true, isn't it? You know, it has okay. uh, It's the Anomaly Supplemental podcast. Okay. Why Anomaly uh, Supplemental? Well, there's, there's Anomaly do uh, almost like bonus shows, yeah, right? yeah. and they call them supplemental. And the oh. supplemental shows uh, are generally presented by uh, Sue Kissenweather, who does our opening uh, on Moffat, yeah, yeah, and uh, Casey Ryan, who's no longer Ryan because you got married. Congratulations, Casey. But apparently, they're uh, into uh, sci fi style socks. And uh, do you want to know how I know this? Have you won something? No. I'm going to play this clip. Right now. You mean like me going, I'm Mel's blah blah blah. <laughs> I'm from England. I have a friend named Kel. We have our own podcast called Wobble On. And we talk about a topic and then we totally begin talking about other things like socks and going grocery shopping. <laughs> I'm going to send this to Meds and it's going to end up in like one of their promos. <laughs> uh, we should think about doing a promo for Waffle. <laughs> That's kind of what we do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so there we have Casey taking the piss out of me. <laughs> so well, she gets uh, she's gone up in my estimations. Do I? There you go. Well, well done, Casey. Well done, Sue. We look forward to seeing more of these uh, sci-fi yeah, subs that you are doing. I think every every waffle on senders where you can rip the shit out of Simon Meddings here. Oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. He'll even manage listen to it then. Well, here's something for you. So not only do we have the wonderful lads for Anomaly taking a piece out of us, right? 
Lee and Dan's Midnight Movie Club. Lee, uh, Dan Hughes, who turned up for our podcast mm-hmm. meetup, you know Dan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him was bigging us up. He was like that. Lee Sargent, yeah. doing friends every time Dan mentioned us. I think Lee's slightly jealous. Do you think he is? I think he is really. But he's over there in Australia on his own, on his own with his cat Jones. Mm. Absolutely. That sounds like a really tawdry tale. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a great thing, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, so Anomaly and Lee and Dan's Been Night Movie Club, please listen to them. So, right, Kel, the Christmas episode, 2011, what are we talking about? It's the meaning of life. <laughs> Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. And what do we do before we waffle on? We play the theme tune. Why are we here? What's life all about? Is God really real? Or is there some doubt? Well, tonight we're going to sort it all out. tonight it's the meaning of life. What's the point of all these hoax? Is it the chicken and the egg time? Are we just yolks? Or perhaps we're just one. Is life just a game where we make up the rules while we're searching for something to say? Or are we just simply spiraling coils of self-replicating DNA? Is life what is our fate? Is there heaven and hell? Do we reincarnate? Is mankind evolving? Or is it too late? What or not? Here's the meaning of life. For millions, this life is a sad veil of tears. Sitting round with yeah, nothing to say. What the scientists say? We're just simply spiraling coils of self-replicating DNA. So just why? Why are we here? And just what? 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 What do we fear? Well, it's a swire for a change. It will all be made clear. For this is the meaning of life. Okay, so that was the main uh, the main theme, the opening theme, if you like, from uh, uh, some way, Eric Idle, you should say, yeah. uh, the meaning of life. Doing a strange French accent. So, uh, the Monty Python's the meaning of life, directed by Terry Jones, produced by John Goldstone, of course, by the Pythons. Now, do we need to read them out? May as well do. Graham Chapman, your favourite. Yeah. John Cleese, my favourite. Terry Gilliam, everyone's favourite. Yeah. Eric Idle, money's favourite. Yeah. Terry Jones, the Welsh's favourite. Yeah. Michael Palin's, everyone's favourite. And the music by John Dupree's. So, it was released on the 31st of March 1983. Uh, the director's cut, which we're going to talk about today, is 112 minutes. The actual cut, 107. It, the budget for it was £9 million and it made £18 million at the box office. So, it doubled its money. So, it wasn't really too bad. Um... Now, the, the opening, uh, uh, we should mention, of course, that the theme music that we just heard there, the opening song, is not actually how the film starts. The film starts with Terry Gilliam's directed The Crimson Permanent Assurance Society. Cal, what's your thoughts no, on this? No, I absolutely, lo- I absolutely love it, I do. But I know, <clears throat> funny, so I was reading around some of the, 
the you know some of the blogs and the people talk about this. There's a lot of Python fans don't like it. Do they? Don't like that the beginning of it mm. because it you know it's not really Python. But I think it is. I think it's just because it. it hasn't got Python in it. Python it has got it has got the Python's in it, but it's well minus. Um, I think it's I think it's Cleese's yeah, in it. To me, it doesn't matter. To me, Python is it is a, a world that they lived in mm. of surreal and you know big characters and ridiculous things happening. So to me, I think it's really good. But it's a funny fit with the film, isn't it? Yeah. It, to me, it's like it should have been on its own. It's, yeah, I mean, it goes back to those times where, uh, in, in years and years ago, where when you used to go and see a, a, your feature presentation, you'd have a short or but a cartoon, if you remember. I, mean, I remember when I was playing Tom and Jerry cartoons before seeing the film. And I think this harks back to that. It's a little bit of a nod to this. I mean, originally it was going to be some, just an animation. And then Gilliam got the funding to do um, it, it as a proper film. And it was meant to be six minutes long. It ended up being around about half an hour. They cut it down to 15 minutes. Um, it's really quite political as well. Bear in mind, Gilliam was in this stage where he'd just done Jabberwocky, he'd done Time Bandits, uh, Brazil was just around the corner, very much starting to find his style of filmmaking. And having a small little brokers, you know, of these old people working like a, just a, you know, an assurance office, being overrun by capitalism. But that's his, that's his thing, he's the small man, isn't it's it? Small, he's always been... Jabberwocky's yeah. about the small man, yeah, yeah. well, literally with time bandits. Well, yeah, well, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah. All of his Brazil, mm. it's about the man who was, who was wrongly... It's all mm. about the little man, isn't it? That is his thing. Are we going to do Brazil? Yeah. It's a hard... It's, it, it's, oh. uh, yeah. It's a hard thing to talk. It, it really is, isn't it? Maybe we should do a Gilliam, a director Gilliam. I think it, if you're going to do one, do Gilliam because mm. uh, yeah, and it, it's so dark. It's so dark. It wouldn't be a battle of laughs. <laughs> no. As a part, well, I don't mind because I like dark stuff. But I mean, I think for someone listening to well, forty-five like, minutes of people saying how grim it is, yeah, it is a grim. I, I watched it. I've got the Criterion edition, I know you've got which that is humanity. a beautiful edition. But um, you know what? I, I had to watch it in two parts because it really is quite. You think, oh blimey, it's so bleak at times. Um, I think the whole look of it as well it's it's horrible isn't it to watch it everything's horrible and decaying and well you know who I think this is where where Tim Burton got inspiration from I think because if you look at Tim Burton stuff all of his stuff like his Batman stuff Nightmare Before Christmas Edward Scissorhands apart from the colourful houses everything's dark and undertone darkness to it and Gilliam really when you think about it was one of the first people to produce something that was around steampunk of a film, I mean, of a, of a international of a, of a, film, international, of, a big, yeah, yeah. of a big film, because everything is that steampunk style. Yeah, worth worth watching if you get. But this this opening little sketch, I suppose, if you're going to call it, 15 minute sketch, yeah, is uh, we do get a song in this uh, in this uh, little um, sketch, which is called the Accountancy Shanty Song, sung by the Collar. We're not going to play it because it's just too long. Now we will be playing clips of that. This mainly the songs and mainly anything that I found as I was going along. Now, the actual film of The Meaning of Life is basically a sketch format film. It does not have a linear storyline. Uh, there is no main character. Uh, so, you know, and I think really this is the downfall we're, we're talking about this when we were having a bit of a discussion mm. about this today. It's the big flaw of the film, isn't it? Yeah. Because I think, uh, you know, to me, I, I think narrative, you should, have, you should have a lead in it. Whether mm. it's good or bad... Whether it's a child or it should have a, a focal point or to something, the thing. something, or something, yeah. Even with like uh, the the classic was in um, uh, Legal Gentleman, the stuff with the red him. bat. I was going to say, funny enough, you say that because we haven't yeah. talked about that. Have we? But no. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah. that all. You know, even though every story was different, mm. there'd always be something in it that linked that to the last one. She thought it's and it was the red carrier bag, and I it? think it's the big flaw. And it's you know, like we were talking about with. 
like when we talk about we've lost too short mm. it's a flaw but it's not you know a flaw in the python he's still genius he's still genius yeah and that's yeah. the thing but it, yeah, which is why, which is why, really, it's really hard to turn around and say that there's a bad Python film because there isn't. There isn't a bad, bad Python there's film. There's a weaker there's one. Weaker ones and weaker sections. Of it. I mean, let's face it. There's no weakness in Life of Brian. No, at all. No. Holy Grail. Holy Grail. The ending, which caused you, and and this one is because there's no linear point. Now, Eric Idle did turn around and say that they that they they was going to do. Um, his idea was that the child that you see at the beginning, which we talk about would be the main character throughout the film. So you see this child grow until ultimately death. Um, but the writing of this film was, was just chaotic. They decided to do another film. Near enough straight after Life of Brian, when they realised Life of Brian was going to be such a big success. Now, Cleese wasn't really too happy about doing that because Cleese is methodical. And they come up with the ideas, nothing was really working. They ended up writing all sketches like they normally do and hoping that they could put it together as a film didn't work so I decided to go on holiday to Jamaica and have a writing holiday and it just wasn't working they decided to split up their normal groups and go into different groups so like Gilliam said he ended up working with Chapman and, and Cleese and he said it was the worst moment of his life because you've got Cleese sitting there being methodical writing stuff down in circles and I tried doing that when I did the writing for, for the Martians here draw a big circle draw out a circle and it does work but it takes such a long time Chapman being Chapman would just sit there smoking his pipe and then just jump in with a crazy idea yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it just doesn't work so they ended up scrapping it and then someone turned around and says well really you know, it's all about life isn't it and that's how it rolled, that's how it came about. But Cleese couldn't be bothered to do another writing thing, he just, he just had enough, so that's how they kept it. And he ended up just being a sketch format film. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's the only Python I know where if I put on, or say I'm flicking through TV mm. late at night and I get about 35 minutes into Life of Brian, I think, well, I've got to watch this now. Yeah. Certain films like this, Goodfellas and the One, Star Wars, I mm. think, Hot Fuzz, all things like that. If you yeah. jump in Hot Fuzz, you want to see what happens. Mm. This, you think, mm, well, I've saw the fa- I've saw my favourite ones, or, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't know what this one, I'll yeah. come back in a bit. Mm. And that's the only Python I know where, if it's on, you ain't bothered about watching it. If yeah, I see Life yeah. of Brian on, I'll watch it, even yeah. though I've got it. Oh, you like that with Holly Grail as well? Yeah, yeah. I, but not me. But not me No, It's like I said, I watched it... And I, I don't know. It's only one where you find yourself looking, and you know, I'm losing religiously. What you yeah. want? To, you want the lines? You're waiting for the line to come out. With that, there's there's no killer. Well, there is a few killer lines that one, but <laughs> it is it. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know I mean, what I mean? We, a, when I was watching it the other day, I was I was like sitting there and I was making notes and everything ready to write this, and, and I was sitting there, and you do you do end up kind of like drifting a little bit, and that, and again, it's. I hate to say that because I don't want to say anything disparaging about Monty Python because I love Monty Python but you've got to be honest that there's parts of this which we, we will talk about when we get through that you think that doesn't work and I've decided on, on, on this one that we are going to talk about and I don't think you've seen the deleted scenes no 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 but I've added the deleted scenes in where they actually was meant to be in the film does it make any difference the reason why they were cut out was for a very good reason yeah. I don't think it doesn't work and they are terrible I mean the quality is terrible but you don't, you don't mind that but no it doesn't work so the film starts off, once we actually get into it after the theme tune, uh, of all the pythons um, as fish. And they're swimming around a fish tank, uh, which, is quite, which is quite nice, talking, you know, saying, hello, how are you? You know, mm-hmm. all these kind of strange stuff. And then they're saying, oh, look, one of their friends is being eaten, which I quite like. Yeah, yeah, Now, yeah. that's the connection to the film, because that fish tank is obviously in the restaurant that we see later on with Mr. Creosote. Um, and the whole of this film is made up of parts 
So we have the first part, which of course is the miracle of birth. The two doctors, in this case, John Cleese and Graham Chapman, are awaiting the arrival of a woman in labour. They have lots of machines, including the machine that goes ping. Yes. Uh, Palin pops up as the hospital administrator, which kind of sums up modern day managers, really. Um, it's a great little sketch, this is, because it's all important about the, all these machinery. They've got the woman in there, they've got all the family and friends, but when the dad comes in, played by Eric Idle, Cleese says, who are you? And he goes, I'm the father. And Chapman goes, only important people here. And dismisses yeah, him. But what's good about this sketch, I think, is, is again, as we say, Palin turns up as the, the manager where they're all bowing down to him. And it's all about the money aspect of it. And this is 1982. Oh, well, it's... Yeah, 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 it's yeah nothing, nothing's changed. System, isn't it? It's a nice start after the sketch. No, it, 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 it's a really strong start. And it, it, like I said, when I first saw it, it's one of them sketches that, as I've got older, I've appreciated it more. Mm. When I was younger, I thought, mm, don't care about that scene. I thought, because you know I me, mean? I don't like medical comedy. Yeah. I thought, but I thought, when they've got older and you're like, you realise the satire in it, you think, oh yeah, well, that, that is about the dehumanising of the, the health system. And, uh, you know, which is very much them, which is them on two levels, isn't it? Silly and intellectual. Yeah. Quite a lot which of is the reason why Python's so great. Now, we then have The Miracle of Birth Part 2, The Third World, and we are taken to Sheffield in Yorkshire. It depicts a Roman Catholic couple, played by Paling and Terry Jones, who can no longer feed their children, which when you think about it, there's around about 100 of them, it's not surprising. They are then forced to sell them for scientific experiments, and they blame the church for not allowing them to wear condoms. The sketch ends with the brilliant song, mm. Every Sperm is Sacred, which we're going to play now. You see, we believe, well, let me put it like this. There are Jews in the world, there are Buddhists, there are Hindus and Mormons, and then there are those that follow Mohammed's but I've never been one of them. I'm a Roman Catholic and have been since before I was born. And the one thing they say about Catholics is They'll take you as soon as you're warm You don't have to be a six-footer You don't have to have a great brain You don't have to have any clothes on You're a Catholic the moment Dad came Because every sperm is sacred Every sperm is great If a sperm is wasted God gets quite irate Every sperm is sacred Those who treat them 
gets even with more care. Every spot is sacred. Every spot is great. If a Every sperm is sacred. Every sperm is good. Every sperm is needed in your neighborhood. Every sperm is useful. Every sperm is fine. God needs everybody's mine and mine and mine. Right, that scene was choreographed by ex Strictly Come Dancing judge uh, Arlene Phillips. Oh, yeah, um, now, what's great about this scene is that it then cuts um, to a Protestant couple in the house opposite um, talking about how they can actually buy contraception. Do it, and we're going to play that little sketch now. Oh, it's really it's like got that. some of the best names for the yeah, yeah. So, so let's play that. Look at them, bloody Catholics filling the bloody world up with bloody people they can't afford to bloody feed. What are we, dear? Protestant and fiercely proud of it. Why do they have so many children? Because every time they have sexual intercourse, they have to have a baby. But it's the same with us, Harry. What do you mean? Well, I mean, we've got two children and we've had sexual intercourse twice. That's not the point. We could have it any time we wanted. Really? Oh, yes. And what's more, because we don't believe in all that papist claptrap, we can take precautions. What do you mean? Lock the door? No, no. I mean, because we are members of the Protestant Reformed Church, which successfully challenged the autocratic power of the papacy in the mid-16th century, we can wear little rubber devices to prevent issue. What do you mean? I could, if I wanted, have sexual intercourse with you. Oh, yes, Harry. And, by wearing a rubber sheath over my old fella, I could ensure that when I came off, you would not be impregnated. Oh! That's what being a Protestant's all about. That's why it's the church for me. That's why it's the church for anyone who respects the individual and the individual's right to decide for him or herself. When Martin Luther nailed his protest up to the church door in 1517, he may not have realised the full significance of what he was doing. But 400 years later, thanks to him, my dear, I can wear whatever I want on my John Thomas. And Protestantism doesn't stop at the simple condom. Oh, no. I can wear French ticklers if I want. You what? French ticklers, black mambos, crocodile ribs, sheaths that are designed not only to protect, but also to enhance the stimulation of sexual congress. 
Have you got one? Have I got one? Well, no. But I can go down the road any time I want and walk into Harry's and hold my head up high and say in a loud, steady voice, Harry, I want you to sell me a condom. In fact, today I think I'll have a French tickler, for I am a Protestant. Well, why don't you? But they, they cannot, because their church never made the great leap out of the Middle Ages and the domination of alien Episcopal supremacy. So, Kate, your, your thoughts on that whole, uh, uh, the miracle, uh, well, uh, the miracle birth part two, the third world. It's, a, it, it's classic Python. You know what, you know, you know why? Because the funny stuff in, the funny stuff in it is not the smut. There no. is smut in it, mm. but it's it's the sheer scale of the scene at the end of it, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Where everyone's singing well, and dancing. I, I, think it's, I mean, as I said, that's why I wanted to drop that nod there to Arlene Fripps for choreographing it. But I think Terry Jones is directing in that. He's absolutely fabulous. And bear in mind, he's directed dressed up as that woman as well. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's just brilliant to say that the end scene where they're all dancing on the roofs, the, the Chinese firecrackers are going off, the, you know, all the flags come down, yeah. and that dragon goes across. It's brilliant. The only thing I don't quite like about it is the bit where it's the, the, um, the bishop's heads in that shop. Where they got very strange Birmingham accents. Yeah. No, the, you know what I don't like? I don't like where the baby drops out of her. Oh, really? Why no. not? No, because this but, is but my... Do you, know, pro- do you not think of the fact that because you see the stork flying overhead? Uh, I no. like that, the way you see the stork flying no, no, overhead. No, no, not the scenes, just the actual the look of the scene. Because my <laughs> problem with Ingi is a lot of Python before, even though it was quite graphic, it was left to your imagination. Mm. Where this one, I know it was the 80s and things were tougher and everything was a bit graphic for me in right. the film. Or as we, as we go along, you'll see what I mean. But this is the first time when I thought, I thought, oh, there would, you know, <laughs> if that would have been in the 70s, they wouldn't have shown that. You would have just thought, oh, and you would have been, would have been a shot at her, a top shot of her, top torso, oh, she had a baby, but at least they showed the baby. Showed the baby just falling down. I thought yeah. that's the difference with this film. It's a lot more graphic and for its time. I think there's a lot of messages to it, though. I think that, that's, that's actually saying a message about. Um, the one about the Catholic Church, the fact that they were just dropping them out. I yeah. mean, that's that's the oh, key yeah, to it. Perfect, maybe just it. childbirth. Fuck, you really it turns my stomach. Really so the foot of seeing that, you know, just hate you. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe you won't have to go for that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, not unless, not unless you have that sex change. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> now we have a uh, cut sketch now, and uh, this is called the Adventures of Martin Luther. Which obviously this is where oh, it all yeah. came about the support yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of, of uh, Christianity. Used to be worms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a short sketch. Basically, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it's Martin Luther played by Terry Jones, who's basically a sexual deviant, mm. and he's played with a New York Jewish tilt. What, it's what, really what? weird. It's sort, of like, it's sort of like yada yada yada. He's like that kind of thing. Hey, yeah, you know, let me in. You know, kind of. I want you know. That's kind of strange. Kind of. Yeah, weird. I don't understand that joke though, because Martin Luther was from Germany, <laughs> and he was a you know he was a Protestant. Yeah, <laughs> he invented well, Protestantism. He invented Protestant, yeah, but he's all basically. I mean, but it shows him here as a guy who's lecturing over over Chapman's daughters. Uh, They're about to come in to, to look at spoons. It's a, it's a really weird. It's a really weird I sketch. Don't and, sound and, that great. No, it really isn't. It's not. The, the joke's missing it's too obvious a joke as well it makes someone well, who was a really prudish thing he make him a de- you know he wasn't a sexual deviant no, but that's the thing though that we know who Martin Luther is I think they cut it because they think yeah. maybe people are thinking he's Martin Luther King right? yeah that, I think that's probably okay. a good point not, yeah, and, and they're thinking hold on where, where's this going yeah, because yeah. people won't uh, name me anywhere now we know who Martin Luther is only because of the fact that we're interested in history and we, yeah. we, 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 we talk about it but 
not many people are going to know no. who, the, who the person who, Martin Luther is who, who nailed the declaration no. they're going to think well isn't that that guy, that guy who got shot in America well <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a strange so I think and I think they've done the religious they've done it really they've done that satire religion it really, it really does take out the film because it goes back it's gone from Yorkshire to suddenly going back to to my life, so it just takes it takes it totally out of it. So we then have uh, part two: growth and learning. Um, starting at an old style private boys' school in assembly, the headmaster, played here by John Cleese, uh, is speaking and hands over the school to uh, the chaplain, played by Michael Palin. Now, then, after Palin's strange speech about uh, um, God and everything, Cleese delivers a, another speech, telling uh, the balls the rules, and then telling one of the youngsters that his mother has died, which is quite nice because see the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it's about the Palin, a speech on this, saying uh, um, about the Lord being, "Ooh, you are so big, so up." Yeah, that's very yeah, yeah. huge. Very Derek Nimmo. Very Derek Nimmo. This is the start of all. I know you're not a great fan of this kind of this scene, actually. Don't really, like but, it. Um, we then this is I'm gonna, this is the reason why I'm going to talk about this next. I want your the reason why you don't like it. Uh, this, they go into the sex education scene with Cleese back as a headmaster, and he's teaching the class in a very matter of fact uh, kind of way um, how to have sex or the, the you know the, the the process of having sex from from you know uh, foreplay mm-hmm. and all this. Kind of. Now that I quite I quite like that the way that he's, he's trying to get all these kids who really are just not 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 that interested. He even starts off with them sitting down learning until they realise he's coming and they all start messing around yeah, yeah. and he's saying you know what, you know, you should be kissing them kneeling the thighs yeah. and all this kind of stuff and then his wife comes in played by Patricia Quinn who's most well known from the Rocky Horror Show uh, just gets undressed lies on the bed and he, he then mounts as he says mounts his good lady wife and they start to have sex mm. teaching them how to have sex education um Never like out that in our days, <laughs> really. Drawing faces uh, on sperm. Um, but you, you're not a great no, fan of it. No, again, too, it... too graphic, too obvious. Yeah. It's mm. just way too obvious. I remember if I said, oh, what, you're going to have a bait repressed school boy. You, you know, it's been done a million times. If us boarding school, mm. well, oh, yeah, they're a bit pervy. You know, it's all been done. I don't know. It's one of them scenes. That was the scene that I jumped when it was on the... Te- uh, when jumped on when he was on telly the other night and I looked oh, I, yeah. I forgot about it don't like it it's too it's too graphic too coarse mm. one thing I never thought about Monty Python was being coarse and that changed a bit in the 80s didn't it there's, there's, there's another scene later on which well in the, you know I know we're not going to do about that but live at the Hollywood Bowl right mm, yeah Albatross there's no need to put fucking Albatross in it. No, there's no because need to swear, it's yeah. funny anyway. Yeah. Putting a swear word in does not make it funnier. I think you know it's funny you saying that because David Jason said in a recent interview on I think it was in the Radio Times where he was saying that there's he gets the feeling that nowadays with comedy people are relying too much on the shock value. It's got his place. It's got his place, but yeah. I, I think he's right, and I think intellectual comedy. Doesn't have to, and don't get me wrong. I I like the odd shock value thing. Doesn't matter. Frankie Ball's probably the ultimate for it. Anyway, um, but yeah, going back to the shock value of things, you don't need shock value to make good comedy. And Python always Never. relied on intelligence. Exactly. And, and they always had their smutty moments, but it was always subtly delicate, done. Delicate. It was in there, wasn't it? They've always been a bit. There's a there's a lot of filth in Life of Brian. There's yeah. no doubt there is filth, and there is in Holy Grail. You know, yeah, there's do and Well, it. you've got uh, you know we must you know perform the oral sex yeah. you know in the castle. Yeah, 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 you know that's in there, but it's funny and it's it, it, uh, they don't say coarsely. Yeah, when because it is, that it's works. Just... That works with Palin's shock value. Really. Exactly, you're laughing at Palin. He yeah. don't want you know he don't want it, but then he does want it, and yeah, it's too yeah, late. Yeah. With this, it's straight in your face, 
and you think, well, kids would be interested in people having sex. Yeah, yeah. Just, I don't matter how you're trying to be ironic with it, there would be. Yeah, if you've got a woman coming in, exactly. Nobody would, know what it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Yeah, awesome. and I think that would have been funnier yeah, yeah, if it would have all whooping it up and that, yeah, yeah. and then trying to keep them down while he's trying. I'm trying to do something here, kids. That would have been yeah, funnier. That would have been more funny. Yeah. Now, there's a nice little bit of this where Terry Jones bursts out laughing because Grand Chapman's passed him a note, and John Cleese says, Oh, Sheriff, and all this stuff is saying, Because what well, do you find it so funny I think you should play for the team against the Masters this afternoon this is a rugby thing and it cuts to a rugby match which oh. is all the oldest form playing against the younger ones and it basically you could tell it's all, all the kids are dummies because they're being punched yeah, in the face the, I mean, I, I and he ends with Terry Jones just standing there covered in mud and he puts his hands up over his face and then it cuts to him in the middle of uh, World War One uh, in, uh, in a battle scene this is where you get uh, uh, Meaning of Life Part 3 fighting each other we follow Jones into a ditch where several of his troop are in the trench and they all announce that they've all saved up to get a gift for him for his birthday slowly the gifts are being handed out uh, like a clock then a grandfather clock yeah. Idol's character gets shot followed by the others and they attempt to get a table what's nice about this is the fact that this is a scene basically that's saying that all the officers are upper Brilliant. class and they've all the lads who are rallied round you know you know, who buying a buy me present and they feel you know, undermined really at the essence of it until Jones's character goes, Yes, of course, we should celebrate it, let's get a table and all they, they all they all get so it's a very small little scene, I really but like I quite like it. I, I think it's classic Python in all of this mm. because it's it's playing on the class system, which they always did. They're always uh, because half of them were middle class, there's no doubt they mm. were, weren't they? I think all of them. I, th- I think uh, Cleese, I'm not sure it was Cleese, I think Jack Chapman bloody definitely yeah, Cleese was. Right. I mean, Cleese was born in a very, very, not yeah. very Western Palin was probably. Sheffield, wasn't he? Sheffield, so I believe, was a nice part of Sheffield. So. Terry Gilliam was probably the only one who wasn't. Gilliam, maybe can middle class. Yeah, so. so, so and they're, so they're always playing on that, they're always playing the working man, they're always laughing at the establishment. But that's what's nice about Palin, because even though they come from middle, very upper middle class yeah. attitudes, they, they, they wanted to take the the yeah, but this, out of establishment it's a British we've got a British history with you know the film If Malcolm McDowell mm. it's about the posh kids taking over the school because they don't want to be posh mm. and that is the British thing isn't it posh people want to be working class and working class people want to be posh it is, this yeah. is the British way we're always trying to get somewhere else well that, that you can summarise that by stuff like rugby and football Football is a gentleman's game watched by thugs, yeah. as rugby is a thugs game watched by gentlemen. Yeah, and that is that is Britain all over, and that scene is like that. The way apologies to any football fans out there, I'm not calling anybody. No, 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 this is just a generalisation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? But no, that's why that scene is brilliant because you can imagine them in the trenches being like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because everyone you know a lot of people don't like the army because the, the soldiers cow down to the officers mm. and that's why they're laughing at that aren't they they want to do it so much yeah. they're willing to die for it now the, the, the scene that comes after is actually one of my favourite sketches in the meaning of life and this is Michael Palin's sergeant major who once uh, he's doing drill instruction he yeah, wanted, he's wanting everyone to do marching up and down the square uh, asking and then he ends up asking if everyone wants to do something else and of course they all do and we're going to play that scene now don't stand there Corbin Right, you've never seen the hand of God before! Now, today we're going to do marching up and down the square! That is, unless any of you got anything better to do! Well! Anyone got anything they'd rather be doing than marching up and down the square? Yes! Atkinson! What would you rather be doing, Atkinson? 
To be quite honest, Sarge, I'd rather be at home with the wife and kids. Would you now? Yes, Sarge. Right, off you go. Now. Everybody else happy with my little plan of marching up and down the square a bit? Sarge? Yes? I've got a book I'd quite like to read. Right, you go read your book then. Now! Everybody else quite content to join in with my little scheme of marching up and down the square? Sarge? Yes, Wycliffe, what is it? Well, I'm uh, learning the piano. Learning the piano? Yes, Sarge. And I suppose you want to go and practice, eh? Marching up and down the square! Not good enough for you, eh? Well... Right, off you go! Oh. Now, what about the rest of you? Rather be at the pictures, I suppose. <laughs> All right, off you go! Bloody army, I don't know where it's coming to. Right, Sergeant Major marching up and down the square. Left, right. Democracy and humanitarianism have always been trademarks of the British Army. Gal, your, your thoughts. Now that is a brilliant set, and that to me, that's classic point. That scene could have been in the sixties TV series, couldn't it? Yeah. Well, it's, it's he, like was it the, Frontman by any No, sense? no, no, it wasn't. But the, at the end of this podcast, right after the promos, I have got the uh, the, uh, the the soldiers. Um, <laughs> not gay dance. Not yeah, gay. it is gay the, dance. The, There's uh, no way of saying it the is. The gay march kind of thing. Yeah. Ooh, obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the 60s version of what would be classic. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the surprise thing at the end. Kind uh. of but no, you're right. It, it is something that is classic. And Palin is brilliant. See, it? it's silly and satirical. Yeah. Does it need being rude or coarse or sexy? Does it need any of that? Yeah, it's no. funny. And, well, and also, just before that, he had the scene where Chapman saying that there has to be war and uh, may God strike me down if it is necessary of course the finger comes out and, and strikes him down yeah, yeah. which is always a nice little thing to see Chapman in his, in his uh, military thing yeah, the next scene here that is, is a, a cut scene with uh, John Cleese it's just pointless talking about how products are made for war such as cheese and it's I can't even explain how bad it is. Yeah. Surreal for surreal sakes, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. And that's why yeah. a lot of people don't like Pipe. It just didn't, work, just didn't but, work. Oh, why do you really constantly have to be? Mm. And, that, and that's where this film, it's trying too hard, isn't it, a lot of it. These scenes, like, you know, it's, it's straight away, you see, it's trying too hard, isn't it? Yeah. You can see they've been sitting around probably for two days, we've got to put something down, we've got to put something down, and then wrote something down, and it's come out, mm. and then they must have thought, it, yeah. We've done better than this. Exactly. Um, it then, we then go head over to 1879. Yeah, this is a great scene. Zulu War. Um, if everyone's seen Zulu, then you'll know this. So we don't need to go to the true history yeah, of things. Yeah, but it's basically it's imitating that. You know, the uh, the Zulus are attacking the uh, the British army is fighting, and we see people great choreograph again with the, with the fighting scenes going on. Some great blood and guts. Um, we then go into a tent after we see Cleese trying to have a shave and his mirror gets uh, smashed. And uh, Eric Hoydall's character has apparently lost a leg. Uh, Grand Chapman's doctor turns up to have a look at it and says, "Oh, don't worry, these things happen." Uh, you know, and he asks if he's going to grow back, and then he says, "Well, no, you've lost a leg." But what's nice about that sketch is Chapman with his pipe, and he just taps the stump with his pipe, going, mm, mm, yeah. mm. "There's nothing to worry about here." But again, this is this is. When, when Jones comes in as the, the soldier who's covered in blood, says, "Looking, oh, we've we've lost 
1200 men we've got you know but they're back for and Cleo says look we've got something terrible to say one of the officers has lost a leg and it's like that one officer with that one leg missing is the most important thing in the world ever yeah yeah and the fact the soldier you know suddenly agrees you know and as they walk out there's there's that bloke with just a head on the floor yeah 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 because nasty wound you got there <laughs> Perkins yeah. ah just a flesh wound sir. and Eric Idle there and Eric Idle's carries I didn't capture this but obviously Python's all playing different parts playing another soldier there and he's saying uh, uh, done well there and he's he walks back he goes I oh, so it's amazing and he goes uh, if I was to kill people at home they'd lock me away here they'd give me a medal for it yeah. what a true word said oh yeah one of the head, most satirical scenes this is in the middle of the film isn't it mm. it's back in the middle of the film now and that, it's a really good it's the kind of thing when you watch it and it's finished you think oh I want more of that yeah would you got yeah. more of that and then less of the earlier well, this, stuff this is the kind of yourself that, that you almost think that Blackadder goes forth got some of the ideas from this because it is an essence expanded that, 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 expanded without, that this, without the complete over the top silliness yeah, of the yeah, flesh yeah, yeah. wounds and all that but the actual the way the officers are is in, you know in Blackadder mm. go forth is, you know now this sketch tends to, tends to go a little bit weird then because they go searching for the leg because I think a tiger's got it in Africa yeah, yeah, it's it's a tiger in Africa which everyone's going uh, well, tigers, isn't it? I mean, um, <laughs> he then then find this tiger, which is absolutely huge, it's eight foot long. It turns out to be Michael Payne, David Idol in like a pantomime tiger's outfit, and they have indeed got the leg. But it doesn't explain why they've got no, the leg, yeah. why they're dressed as tigers. Like I said, it's, it's then it's weird. like it's as if they've been sitting down, they've wrote a good idea, and they don't know how to finish it, which. A lot of people have said is a lot of flaws with Python, isn't mm. it? That they don't always know how to finish stuff, yeah. right? And with a lot of these scenes in them, you think the, these scenes have been on the mind for a long time, yeah, yeah. and they've been and they didn't know what to do. With so it. we just stick them in. Let's put them in, and and that's where it goes off on such a tangent. You can see the writing team who wrote that have been split up. Yeah. So the person probably wrote, and then someone, the other person's put the barbie bit in the end, and it don't. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Yeah. It, that's it. I mean, it just tails off. I, I, I know Python have always turned around and says that what they like. They never like conclusions to sketches, which is why they always it went into something else. Yeah, but they, they got, got that from Spike. Spike they, yeah. they got that from Spike. Didn't but the they? thing is, in, in a film, you need it. It's got like, or at least move into the next scene. This doesn't. This goes into no, well, the meaning of life, part four, uh, middle. Uh, oh no, sorry, it doesn't. Um, I'm j- jumping ahead. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, it then turns to the most. Sur- real sketch in the whole of this film which is basically Graham Chapman in drag Terry Jones is a very strange um, oh. uh, uh, gigolo uh, with, with really gangly oh, arms oh it's a really odd bit and an elephant headed butler which is actually a um, unused character from Time Bandit oh. walking around um, the old Paris, Batsy power station fish. going fishy fishy fishy, 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 fishy. It's, it's really... they're actually referring to the fish eye lens that's what they're referring to but no one's going to know that no you're getting to it's funny I, I actually quite like it but I like I it I think in jokes have got to work right in jokes I do like in jokes but you've, it, it, it's got to be at least have more people than just them I've got to know it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. people who didn't know about fish eyed lens I know we all, we're all cine literate these days but in ends there aren't many people who go oh yeah it's about a fish eye lens that is it's <laughs> yeah. not going to happen is it no and that's the problem with it. It's you know, it's a. I know our mate Carl Brennan loved that scene. Yeah, it sums it up, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, well, that Eric Oz has always said that the meaning of life is a film about fish for fish. Yeah. <laughs> it starts off with fish, yeah. and it ends with fish, and then you got fish in the middle, and it kind of like you think, well, it is funny, and it is unusual how how Terry, how Terry yeah, Jones has got these strange hands, but. Does it need it? No, you can take it out. It and would if you, make you a take difference. It out, it's a bit like, and I hate to go back to Apocalypse now because I know that we yeah, no, 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 but. 
it's what I've said about Apocalypse Now Redux regardless of whether I like the film or not I don't see the, needs, no, the reason why you got those I, and I think if the director has got if the producers have come along and what sometimes they do is yeah, like totally. no we'll take that out then no that's out of order it's not your film it's the director's film it's the director's yeah. vision it's the writer's film like if the director takes it out whilst they're editing it they're taking it out for a yeah. reason <laughs> and that's it end of story yeah. unless of course it's something like damn that seems really good but we haven't got we can't yeah. afford the effects for it yeah, and later yeah. on you can afford the effects yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a little bit different but you know you shouldn't put them back mm. in and I think that that's pointless it doesn't help the film it well it's not they've just gone right, right, right what can we do the most most pythony python thing I know let's put a really real surreal like nightmare bit in it mm. and you watch it and you and then you will and then you forget about it and you yeah. think what was the point of that being in there yeah. don't hold it you know, I don't mind randomness in films random things are good mm. but you know they've done better than that <laughs> that's the thing it's depreciating value with this film isn't yeah, it yeah. everything you're thinking you think that's a brilliant scene oh they've done it better before mm. it's like the bit that you're talking about with it, he lost a leg and that you think that's a brilliant scene that is but is it as good as the, when the Black Knight in thingy where it's put a flesh nah. it's been done before the, yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're talking about with uh, uh, Love's Too Short mm-hmm. it's good but it's but, been done better before by them yeah by, by them which is even yeah as you say it's exactly the same so, kind of thing yeah, yeah. Um, now we get, we've got another cut scene coming in now then, do you know do you remember the American couple played by Palin and Idol um, they do the um, the philosophy thing a little bit later on oh, the, the philosophy yeah, restaurant yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. there's a cut scene with them where they're, they're, they're in the lift and they go to their hotel room which is a really weird room because the window when they press a button the scenery changes yeah. so Mm. And then the, the bloke turns around and goes, What are you going to do? I'm going to check our handbag, count it all back in again. And he goes out and then they come back in. It's really, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's just a terrible film. I'm getting in. I'm so, I'm, I have to feel like they should mention these deleted scenes. No, you shouldn't. Because, because it's, it's a, the, you know, from the whole film. But it is what Palin's acting is atrocious in it. And I never say that about that. But I think it's the I don't like these characters anyway. And when they turn up for the philosophy sketch, yeah. I don't like that anyway. Um, it then, we then cut to the actual scene where you first see them in the lift where she's bending down polishing his camera lens that's yeah. quite good yeah. and it's quite clear then that they're in some kind of strange place which later on we figure out is actually heaven yeah. but in this they, they go into a restaurant and they go to the dungeon room where it's uh, real Hawaiian food in an authentic atmosphere it then cuts to another cut scene where Carol Cleveland comes in as this very strange uh, uh, waitress and they give her a telephone and all this kind of stuff and and it's basically it gets to smut because she turns around and says uh, uh, and she actually says oh will you be fucking later on no that doesn't work because that's no, not Python no it's not it's like, this is she, what I'm if she changed that to say will you be you know um, uh, coupling later on or will you be fornicating yeah. fornicate a fantastic Python word, word you know? yeah. it's a funny word oh, that's just, I think a lot of these things they were thinking of the time weren't they it's in the 80s the young ones is around yeah, everything's a bit anarchic around. isn't yeah, it yeah. it's rude there's a lot more swearing on the TV yeah. now but the difference is they were a different generation mm. and there's nothing worse. It's like hearing your dad swear, isn't it? Well, it's like that thing seeing your dad dance. <laughs> and that's why it's like they don't need to dance because no. da- you know, they can do what they do. Yeah. Leave the swearing to Vivian and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Bad News and that, you know, they, they, they swore because that's the mum's it's a bit, it's a bit like It's a bit like our ex-boss who'd turn around and, and, and try and join in with a joke by swearing. Swearing to make him love his dad, yeah. yeah. And it, it just no. doesn't work. Now, 
It then cuts to the scene that's actually in the film where Cleese comes up as a Scottish waiter and turns around and says, have you, have you seen the menu of conversation or would you like? Do you want to start off with philosopher? No, 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 that's, no, that's, no. That bit's okay. It's, it's quite good for us to talk, but they end up going into about, um, uh, what is it? They, they, they end up talking about songs that they burnt Bacharach and KBSA and all this kind of stuff. So the uh, way to this conversation doesn't work. <clears throat> what doesn't work in that scene is because you see all the telephone and everything on the desk which is from the scene that was cut earlier on so wow. it makes no reason for anything because I ended up sitting there when I first saw this thinking why have they got a telephone on the, their dining table it doesn't yeah, make any sense see, it's like a shoddy it's got shoddy a lot of it isn't it the, the editing of that it? is very sh- I mean to be fair Julian Draw is the editor of this he's, he's brilliant I was meant to met him actually and I got the day which is a bit of a mm-hmm. bit of a pain but then um, this then goes up to uh, the conversation they talk about um, uh, live organ transplants and we cut to Meaning of Life, uh, part five, live organ transplants. This is brilliant. This is a brilliant mm. scene. Okay, yes, it has got gore in it, mm. but there's something really good about it. Now, Terry Gilliam plays the main part, and he's playing a Jewish Rastafarian. Let's face it, that's funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that has to be seen to be believed. John Cleese and Grant Chapman turn up, uh, playing what you think are doctors at first, and they've come round to get uh, Terry Gilliam's liver because he has a donor card. Uh, well, an organ donor card and he turns around and says well you can't have it because I'm using it and he goes excuses sir, excuses they throw him on the table and start to cut in for him as, as John Cleese is standing back mm. Grand Chapman is getting involved a little bit of an irritating scene on this I think is because as he's doing it there's blood spitting up but you can see Grand Chapman leaning to the left to pick up the organs yeah. now I know it's only a small thing I know you no, shouldn't no, have, but, but they've, they've never happened with the other ones because no, prefer- no, like the the perfection had gone out of this yeah. film hadn't it but if we just ignore that I mean but Terry Jones comes in once again playing the woman and asks if they want a cup of tea and John Cleese goes into the kitchen with it and they start flirting which is quite a nice little scene yeah. really with Cleese saying you know oh you know you know he has to be dead oh yes well I told him that silly man mm-hmm. are you going to you know find someone else because oh no I'm, I'm past my prime and Cleese says well can we have your liver then she goes, oh to be scared and then he turns around and says well okay listen to this and opens the fridge door and Eric Idler comes out and sings the galaxy song <laughs> Whenever life gets you down, Mrs. Brown, and things seem hard or tough, and people are stupid, obnoxious or daft, and you feel that you've had quite enough, just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving and revolving at 900 miles an hour. It's orbiting at 19 miles a second, so it's reckoned a sun that is the source of all our power. The sun and you and me and all the stars that we can see are moving at a million miles a day. In an outer spiral arm at 40,000 miles an hour of the galaxy we call the Milky Way. galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars it's a hundred thousand light years side to side it bulges in the middle 16,000 light years thick but out by us it's just 3,000 light years wide we're 30,000 light years from galactic central point we go round every 200 million years and our galaxy is only one of millions of billions in this amazing and expanding universe
keeps on expanding and expanding in all of the directions it can whiz. As fast as it can go, at the speed of light, you know, 12 million miles a minute and that's the fastest speed there is. So remember when you're feeling very small and insecure, how amazingly unlikely is your birth. And pray that there's intelligent life somewhere up in space, cause there's bugger all down here on Earth. Oh, I think this is where they've been probably their most political mm. with religion. More, I think this scene is more political than all of Life of Brian. Yeah. Because Life of Brian is about a man who's in Jewish, who's in Jesus' time. Mm. It's not going to be Jesus. No. That's the obvious thing in it, and people get it all wrong. But this one <laughs> is about how wondrous the, the universe uh, is. Yeah. I mean, I and actually, you don't need... No. It's wondrous. Mm. This is what, you know, we're not going to get into this now, but what Richard Dawkins talked about, he said, he said, religious people always say to him, oh, the wonders of the universe, what God's created. He said, it's wonderful without God creating it. It's even more wonderful that this happened. Mm. And I think that's what this scene, it's all about that, isn't it? That mm. you're such a small and significant yeah. bit. I mean, the, I mean, if you can, everyone, is, if you just heard this song, go back and rewind it and listen to it. I actually used the lyrics in my school project yeah. when I was a kid back in, like, 1987. I actually wrote it down. Because he's, he was, I'm not too sure now because obviously it's like uh, yeah, the yeah. Professor Brian Cox yeah, 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 says, yeah. you know, the, the greatest thing about science is, it is being proved wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's but, what's really uh, nice it's about not, It's a wondrous song about uh, about reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's a wondrous and, and thing. Well, it is as well. It's a great feel good song because if you ever feeling bad, or you know, if you ever feeling tiny or insecure, go back and listen to this song. I can't believe no one's ever had it re- release it as a single. Especially I think now. it was. I think it was. I'm it was sure it was out, out wasn't it? Because yeah. it, got, there's a thought. It's quite. A, it's it's a proper song, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. do love it. I think it's the best. I think it's probably the highlight of the whole thing. Is his song? Mm. I really do. Mm. I think it's because I always think some I think of the, it's an, I think it's an idol wrote song as well. I think. Yeah, because I always think in, you know in a lot of them, some of the songs weren't always the greatest strong point, was it? That got better as it went on. Didn't I it? think I think this film has is the best of a fantastic. Song. I think their best music's in this film. Oh, that's, yeah. that's I mean, the, well, weird... the, the opening title film is "Why We Here." What's Life All About? Got yeah. to be I mean, that is brilliant. That's a great yeah. song. The end song, which of course we're going to play later on. This film, this song in a minute that we're going to play, uh, I think we'll come to that anyway. After the uh, the woman agrees to have her liver removed, we then cut to a boardroom meeting in which we see Matt Frewer, mm-hmm. uh, future to be, of course, Max Hedrum and, uh, yeah. and a bad Sherlock Holmes. Well, yeah, bad Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're talking about things that need to be developed and, uh, and they are <laughs> one of the things they say is that the soul uh, cannot be developed because people are easily distracted which is quite, not, quite mm. a nice little thing, really. Yeah. And the reason why they say that, because Eric Idle, who says that, suddenly gets distracted by the Crimson Permanent Assurance. Yeah, comes in. All, yeah. Um, Crimson Permanent Assurance come in, they come in and start fighting, and Matt Fuhrer then kills himself. What's nice is the fact that they, they break everything by turning around, you see the, sh- the, the ship of the building driving off, and they say, apparently everyone got it wrong, and the earth is actually flat. And that falls off, and that's how that ends. I quite like the ending mm. to that. That's a quite nice little ending. You don't need to go any further. No, no, no. You know, they have just fallen off. We then cut to Eric Idle um, pretending to be Noel Coward and sings a little ditty called The Penis Song. Now, this is quite a, quite a nice little song. We're going to play it now. If you kind of like don't like the idea of hearing a lot of words referring to your penis, yeah, then yeah. skip on around about 30 seconds yeah, yeah. from now. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here's a little number I tossed off recently in the Caribbean. Isn't it awfully nice to have a penis? Isn't it frightfully good to have a dong? It's swell to have a stiffy, it's divine to own a dick. From the tiniest little tadger to the world's biggest prick. So three cheers for your Willie or John Thomas. Hooray for your one-eyed trouser snake. 
your piece of pork, your wife's best friend, your Percy or your cock. You can wrap it up in ribbons, you can slip it in your sock. But don't take it out in public or they will stick you in the dock. And you won't come back. Oh, thank you very much. Liberty song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, but again, it's sort of it's I a good I, scene, I, 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 and everyone's a good scene, but they've got that doesn't seem to be any. Well, this this does lead in because it actually leads into the whole restaurant where we start off with the fish. But what yeah. I like about the fact that even the opening words that because he's a little number I tossed up in the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> no, no, no. But that, that, that's double entendre. Again. It is double entendre, and that's yeah, them yeah. all over. But yeah. the same that the other time they didn't do it in this film. They just called a spade a spade <laughs> and you think sometimes you, you know they're, they're a bit cleverer than, yeah, yeah, than yeah, they, yeah, they can do better than that yeah yeah no I, I totally agree yeah. but we're now in the restaurant thing and we see the fish looking up at their tank and suddenly uh, we get to another scene which Cal is not, is not one no. of your favourite ones this is the scene where we find Mr Creosote Mr Creosote played by Terry Jones um, there was actually a scene that was meant to be filmed which is not on the deleted scenes where you see Creosote with a little wheel under his stomach walking along because he's oh. so fat he is the fattest man you have ever seen he is huge John Cleese playing the waiter Turns around and uh, asks him how he is today. He says, better. He goes, better. He goes, better get a bucket. I'm going to throw up. I think, what the hell's going on here? He sits down and he does indeed throw up. So we've got the gross thing going on there. Nice bit of use of uh, Heinz uh, vegetable soup. Is that what it was? What it is, Heinz vegetable uh, minestrone soup. He then orders everything on the menu, including the beer and everything like that. And ultimately, and of course, he's, he's even bigger. And Cleese offers him the wafer thin mint, which he doesn't want to have because he's going to blow it. And he does eat it, and of course, he explodes, and the hold of his stomach goes everywhere. Everyone's throwing up at the end. It's it's, a, it's an okay case. It's a good sketch, only for one because the art direction of it is fantastic. Mm. I mean, the, the suit is brilliant, and also how they get the the, the sick out of him is quite good. Um, but no, you're not. A, you don't know, like vomit based. You know, you know what I've noticed I've noticed with you Mr Kelly if you don't mind me yeah. saying so that you seem to be if I may uh, uh, may ponder onto this subject slightly queasy on this kind of don't thing. like sick I don't I didn't like it in um, when we went to see uh, Guest House Paradiso as well yeah but I don't like and you know the, 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 the he's, when he's scooping it off his chin <laughs> yeah. just or, turns, or, or when he's got the menu and he does that slides it yeah. down and goes, don't like if I see anyone sick <laughs> it instantly turns my stomach I don't know where it Which comes from. Which is ironic because the amount of times we're on holiday and I have to clean up your I think this is where it all comes from, you know, me being sick be. so much as a young be drinking and I'd be dr- being sick and crying my eyes out when I was being sick because I hated it so much. I, I, I just don't like being... Roger, you don't like anything that's slightly squeamish or slightly... I, I have a fantastic picture for you. I, I'll be in because I know you'll... It's something you've really wanted. No, no, no. It's a fine picture of some Siamese twins. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I can watch a film where Just the heads together. Chopping hundred man's heads off. But real, I don't like. Yeah. I don't like real you, world. You, you couldn't have a conversation with those two girls that heads are stuck no. together. One's on that really high school. I ever asked her when to look through the paper for me to make sure there's no pictures in there of Siamese twins. That's like my mum with eyes. Oh, yeah. Going back to this thing, <laughs> I my... Uh, my I'm just third. doing that for when yeah. we ever meet the listers again. Some of them might yeah, give yeah, you a picture. No, I, don't, I don't like this. Uh, and it's like everyone who, you know, you get multi pythons. Oh, this is my favourite all time scene. If I fuck off, is this the all time best bloody multi python scene? Mm. They wouldn't have put that in 10, 20 years before. Well, not 20 years before. 15 years before. That scene would not have been in the series. No. That were yet again another series for the 80s. We go out gross, everyone. And I thought, I don't want them being gross. I want them being clever yeah, and witty yeah. and funny and making you think. I think the cleverness does, does take over from here. Um, where 
it cuts to part six, the meaning of life. And you've got the cleaning woman who is cleaning it all up and she makes a, a fairly racist jibe. Um, you've got Cleese sitting there and the woman turns around and says, you know, oh, what's it all about? And, and this woman turns around and says, well, you know, I've worked in lots of worse places and my heart life is hard, but at least I don't work for Jews. In which John Cleese then coughs and spits and puts the bucket of sick over her head mm. and starts to apologise. The camera pans away to Eric Idle, who's another waiter, and says... Um, this is, you know, this is what the meaning of life is for me. And he then walks off the camera, following away through London and down yeah, to his cottage. This was actually meant to be at the end of the film. Uh-huh. And we've got a comment, match. I think we'll, I tell you what, we'll play the comment uh, by uh, our friend uh, and listener of the, uh, of course, the Last of One podcast, uh, Mr. Patrick Stratford. Patrick, here we go. Hello, Meds and Kel. It's Patrick here, and I just wanted to leave an audio comment for your waffle on about Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Seeing as I actually left an audio comment for When You Did Life of Brian, I thought I would do the same for this film. I first saw Meaning of Life about a few years ago, I think, and I found it to be a very unusual film compared to Life of Brian, which actually had a structure within its story. Although having said that, it's the unusual structure that makes this film very enjoyable for me. Whilst compared to previous Python works, it's generally not a favourite to fans. In fact, even the Pythons themselves have, have admitted that it's not their best work, but it really does have its moments. I think the songs are probably the most enjoyable aspects for me. Out of all of the songs, I think my favourite would have to be the Galaxy song. In terms of actual comedy, my favourite scene would have to be uh, Mr. Creatso, the fat man in the restaurant. Um, one fact, I'm not sure if you will have probably mentioned this within the show, but did you know that the scene straight afterwards involving Eric Idle's the waiter that leads the camera to his home, his birthplace, before saying, The you <laughs> was originally supposed to be at the end of the film, I think after the Christmas in Heaven scene, in fact, I think it was supposed to be after the credits, um, but for some reason they changed it about. Uh, I think they talk about it in Monty Python Almost the Truth, the documentary series, which I thoroughly recommend to Python fans if you haven't seen it. And whilst it may have its faults, I do think Meaning of Life is a better film than people say it is. I still enjoy watching it, and I watched it again recently for Christmas. Speaking of which, um, I'll have to keep out a list for the Christmas television repeat clichés, which... uh, I think it tends to include repeats of The Great Escape, The Wizard of Oz, The Sound of Music, and thrown in only Fools and Horses special, thrown in for good measure. Um, unless there's any other repeats out there that are always, well, repeated, um, I'll have to keep an eye out for those. Um, this Christmas, I'm looking forward to seeing the Christmas special of Doctor Who. And from what I gather, the new series of Sherlock starts on New Year's Day, so double Stephen Moffat. Um, I would like to know if there's anything, Meds and Kel, that you're both looking forward to seeing at Christmas and New Year. I'd, I'd really be interested to find out. Um, I think that's about it for me. Uh, I hope you're both keeping well, and I just want to wish everyone on the Waffle On podcast a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Take care. So as Patrick says, there, it, it's you know that that scene that we were talking about at the moment. Um, thank you, Patrick, for your comments. Well, yeah. um, it was meant to be at the end of the film, but it's quite nice. But then again, I can see why he should have been at the film because he just ends up looking 
quite upset by the fact that he thinks everyone's just laughing at him because although of course you can't hear that everyone's thinking what are you talking about you know you're a waiter and he goes I'm a waiter you know fuck you again he swears against that waiter but I think it's okay for yeah, that because it's absolute it's absolute anger the fact that he thinks you're mocking his life but again it doesn't lead anywhere to I have a feeling it feels almost like we actually dis- not liking this film but we do like the film but, don't don't we? but like I said we, you know people have been listening to our podcast for the years it's been on now one thing we're not we don't tow the party line with anything. No, no, we don't. My favourite thing, I'll sit and rip it to bits. Because mm. I think if you really like something, you can see it like the flaws. It's yeah, like being yeah. with your wife or your girlfriend, isn't it? Mm. You don't say that your wife or my wife is a perfect woman because they're just not. They've got lots of flaws, but I love them for them flaws. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That is the point. And hopefully they, they do with us. Well, I've got enough of them. <laughs> well, they that, te- and the difference is that they tell us why. Yeah, yeah, that, that is it. But that's why... That's what this is. This is the thing with this film, isn't it? Hmm. Now, if I had to sit, could I do 45 minutes of sl- uh, knocking Life of Brian? Couldn't do it. No. I could maybe do five minutes where it's got the animated scene. I know we talk about the animated scene. And the- this, you can go all through and go, I don't like that bit that much. Yeah. yeah and that's the, this is what I think it's the weakest I think, I think, point I think this suffers, though, from as what we, we mentioned briefly earlier on. It suffers from the crime of the early 80s scenario, a bit like Temple of Doom. You know, if, you're going you're gonna to watch it and you're going to sit down and enjoy it because it's the, well, it's, it's the third Indiana, third best Indiana Jones film. Yeah, that, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah. That says something, <laughs> doesn't it? Well, that's not the worst one. No, no, because it's, it's, it's not even right. got the worst effects. That's something, <laughs> yeah, 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 does yeah. it? Ooh, there. Damn you, George Lucas. Yeah. Anyway, um, so then we go on to part seven, death. Now, here we have, uh, this is this is the bit I don't like in the film. Arthur Jarrett, a man sentenced to death, but allowed to choose, uh, he actually was sentenced to death for making crude jokes, which is ironic considering what this film is about, yeah. um, but allowed to choose his own execution, and he chooses to have 20-odd half-naked women chasing after him, and ultimately he runs off the end of a cliff. Now, I'm not a one. Okay, let's get this straight. We are by no means crude, are we, Mr. K? No. We're not crude. We like smut as much as anyone. And we do like seeing a Boom. pair of breasts. We are fans of we booms, aren't we? We are fans of breasts. And generally any kind of women. <laughs> no, I'm really, sorry, really, we really are like men. Yeah. Even though we're married. We still <laughs> like to peruse the shop windows and see these things. Yeah. But there's no point in this. There's no... If it's important to the film, but just having a load of women where they're... they're and that, you know, as we said, I've got nothing against Norse. I've got nothing against that. But there's no... It just doesn't well, work. it's gratuitous because... It's gratuitous. And the trouble is, gratuity does not work because the way I think about it as well is that if you reversed it and just had a load of half naked men yeah. I suppose you'd have either way top of the line running down it wouldn't work either because no. you think and you have to think as well to a certain degree the, the audience that you've got there's going to be a lot of women watching it who are going to be thinking yeah no, okay, it's the, okay, it's taking the mick out of the man who's, who's that's why he's chosen so yeah, just going to show how shallow he is blokes who like that scene like it look at all them naked women yeah. and like they've done nudity before because you think of in Life of Brian the nude scene but, that but you're not laughing at the nude scene no. you're laughing at the fact that she's speaking to them like little kids and he's embarrassed yeah. and he's standing he opens the window and he's naked and he's thinking oh I didn't know everyone was going to be there yeah. this, that, this is just gratuitous and yeah. it's and it's, and it's, it's you know, a weak it's scene a sexy, it? it's a quite a sexy scene and does not work at all we then go to a nice little bit of animation, which I think is really quite sweet. It's an animation of a tree, and we're full of leaves, ordinary leaves. And this one leaf, which is obviously the fire, they commit suicide. Yeah, it's quite sad. And, it's sad yeah, and then they've got the lady leaf, which sounds weird. Yeah. Finds out he's dead, and then the two kids die, and then all of the leaves come yeah, down. It's a fall of, of yeah, winter. Yeah. I really quite like that. I like it's that. quite a nice little scene. No, no, it's a really good scene, that is. And like I said, I think a lot of the problem with this film, you can see that Teddy Gilliam. 
was otherwise he was thinking other things wasn't it mm. with this film yeah and yeah. I always think because he should have directed this film I don't know no uh, it depends I think if Gilliam had directed I think Jones does a fantastic job with what he's got I think if Gilliam uh, took over this role I think it'd be a lot darker I think there'd be a lot more going on I think it'd be a lot darker and I think it'd be even more surreal to a certain degree especially when you think well, about what the, it, the material might, they've got so. but the, the animation then drifts to see death going across and this is this is why I say I think Jones does a fantastic job because this scene as clear as death in the background where you've got the tree with all the fog is brilliant no, now no, maybe no. Gilliam did the art direction on that I'm sure we probably, he probably did, did didn't he? Um, as death I mean uh, they'll all sitting around I tell you what let's just play the clip The Meaning of Life Part 7 Death in this weather. <laughs> so you're still a reaper on here, do you, Mr. Death? I am the Grim Reaper. That's about all he says. <laughs> There's your drink, Mr. Death. Do sit down. We were just talking about some of the awful problems facing the third... <laughs> Would you prefer white? Uh, I'm afraid we don't have any beer. The Stilton's awfully good. I am not of this world. Good Lord, I am death. Well, isn't that extraordinary? We were just talking about death only five minutes ago. Yes, we were, you know. Whether death is really the end, as my husband uh, Howard here feels, or whether there is, and one so hates to use words like soul or spirit, but what other words can one use? Exactly. You do not understand. Ah, no. Obviously not. 
Let me just tell you something, Mr. Dan. You don't. Just one moment. I'd like to express on behalf of everybody here what a really unique experience this is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we're so delighted that you dropped in, Mr. Death. Can I just finish, please? Mr. Death, is there an afterlife? Dear, if you could just wait, please, Mo. Are you please sure you wouldn't like some sherry? Angela, I'd like you to say this at this time. If I could, please, really. Be quiet. Can I just say this at this time, please? Silence. I have come for you. You mean to take you away? That is my purpose. I am death. Well, that's cast rather a gloom over the evening, hasn't it? Don't see it that way, Jeff. Let me tell you what I think we're dealing with here. A potentially positive learning experience that can... Shut up! Shut up, you American. You always talk, you Americans. You talk and you talk and you say, let me tell you something and I just want to say this. Well, you're dead now, so shut up. Dead? Dead. All of us. All of you. Now, look here. You barge in here quite uninvited, break glasses, and then announce quite casually that we're all dead. Well, I would remind you that you're a guest in this house. And... Oh, oh. Quiet. Englishman, you're all so fucking pompous. None of you have got any balls. Can I ask you a question? What? How can we all have died at the same time? Salmon, did you? I'm most dreadfully embarrassed. Now the time has come. Follow. Follow me. this works is because obviously you've all heard it so we're not going to not going to dissect or anything like that but it's paling turning around saying I didn't even eat it's the salmon ad-lib, isn't it? it's an ad lib at the, the end it sums it up works. what's brilliant about Monty Python and they didn't write it no. and that's what the problem is isn't it if you talk to Python a lot of Python fans on the internet love this scene the best out of the fan I thought yeah because it was spontaneous yeah yeah they hadn't thought about it too much it's the others that 
You can see, like you were saying, they sit down writing it, writing it again and again and again yeah. and again. Let's put a swear word. This is funny. It's not a swear word. No, and, it, and that whole scene is brilliant. And what's brilliant about it is one clears his death, which is perfect. So, you know, having to go at the British. Really, they're having to go at the British stereotype. And then they also have to go at the American Americans stereotype. Yeah, all you, know, you do is talk. talk, talk, and <laughs> I want to tell you And the thing is, what is it about the Brits? None of you have got any balls. Yeah. <laughs> it's why like, does that really yeah, skirts yeah. and handies. But, uh, so they've all died, and they all end up going to heaven. Heaven, where you know, this is the funniest thing about this in the whole of this scene the end scene everyone that was in the film near enough is in this in this scene the the, the women that we saw earlier on were half naked the kids from the uh, from yeah, the yeah, Yorkshire yeah. scene um, uh, you know soldiers the, in there, the right? soldiers in it the Zulu soldiers the First World War soldiers are there the live organ transplant people there people from Crimson Purple Assurance are in there everyone is in there now the interesting thing is that equity turned up the union turned up to berate the python for taking all the roles. Yeah, they turned out. He turned up on that day. And he goes, "Well, who do you think these are?" You know, it's typical. Get, you know, get, people getting involved in films. The unions, and they should, the unions again. The union. There you go. Now they all sit down to have have dinner. It's Christmas, obviously in heaven. It's Christmas every day in heaven. And coming from the top to sing Christmas in heaven is Graham Chapman, basically as Tony Bennett. <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's truly a real honorable experience to be here this evening. A very wonderful and warm and emotional moment for all of us. And I'd like to sing a song for all of you. It's Christmas in heaven, all the children sing. It's Christmas in heaven Hark, hark, those church bells ring It's Christmas in heaven The snow falls from the sky But it's nice and warm And everyone looks smart and wears a tie It's Christmas in heaven then there's great films on TV The sound of music twice an hour And Jaws 1, 2, and 3 There's gifts for all the family There's toys of peace and dreams There's Sonny Walkman headphone sets And the latest video games It's Christmas, it's Christmas in heaven the song we cut straight to Michael Paley back in his woman gear from the middle of the film he's now obviously at the end of the film who turns around and tells us exactly what they think the meaning of life is so we might as well play Paley and saying that well that's the end of the film now here's the meaning of life thank you Brigitte <clears throat> well it's nothing very special 
But try and be nice to people, avoid eating fat, read a good book every now and then, get some walking in, and try and live together in peace and harmony with people of all creeds and nations. And finally, here are some completely gratuitous pictures of penises to annoy the censors and to hopefully spark some sort of controversy, which it seems the only way these days to get the jaded, video-sated public off their fucking asses and back in the sodding cinema. Family entertainment? Bollocks. What they want is filth. People doing things to each other with chainsaws, join Tupperware parties. Babysitters being stabbed with knitting needles by gay presidential candidates. Vigilante groups strangling chickens. Armed bands of theatre critics exterminating mutant goats. Where's the fun in pictures? Oh, well, there we are. Here's the theme music. Good night. Now, do you think that's a weak end to the film? Yeah. Okay, what would, what, what would you have had there? Because uh, bear in mind, I mean, this is the hardest thing. Someone turned around on our Facebook group page and said, when I said we're doing The Meaning of Life, any comments wanted, someone wrote just two, la- two 42. numbers. 42. Which, cause Douglas f- Adams said he wrote, well, didn't he? <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing with a lot of this thing, isn't it? Like, a few years before... I, I think that um, the Hitchhiker's Guide is more Python than Mean Life is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. It and is. that's the thing. It's say. not crude. It's funny. It's witty. It's satirical. Intelligent. It's, it's, it's very silly as well. Mm. It's got... You didn't care about the effects. Mm. Well, I always think this got the, probably got the biggest budget they ever had. And it, what, nine million? And it looks the, and it looks the mm. cheapest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like... It was like... It's a bit of a... I suppose, I mean, really, they'll also, they'll also say as well to a certain point, they're going back to the religious point of view, isn't it? What we've said, where ultimately, you don't need to, you don't need to follow me, you don't need to follow anyone. Basically, just be nice to everyone, try and get along, and look after everyone. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, that is the meaning of life. That should be what well, life is all about. There's no such thing as a meaning of life. I also mean of life is individual to certain people. Mm. If you're a psychopath, right? You're born <laughs> a psychopath, right? You can't do anything about it. You're going to psychopath. You're going to do something psychopathic. Now... Your meaning in life there is to do something psychopathic. Yeah. Isn't it? Because that's your mean, that's your raised on Dutch. That's your raised on Dutch. That's what you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or a killer or a bloody Rwandan person with a machete. He's been, because he wants to chop people up. That's his meaning in life. I think we've just lost our listeners anyway. No, no, no. no, 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 no. We've got any. We've got well, one in the whack. Must have some. Oh, hey, weird. Maybe that's a soldier. Hello! Yeah. Welcome to Wapple and Podcast over there. Uh, we've even got one in. Uh, we're gonna to, I'm going to have to write down all these people that we've got because I, I, I checked the Google map because uh, we couldn't find out where our yeah, listeners are yeah, yeah. and uh, we've got places like as I said North Korea North Korea North Korea, Korea man that's on the map it's got to be an well, American and soldier. China imagine how imagine going to bring down communism could well be <laughs> 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 bring communism be amazing <laughs> no that's for Star Trek uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that could be our Star Wars thing so that's the end of Monty Python and the Meaning of Life now as we said we are going to be playing at the uh, the the, the uh, the gay drill sketch from uh, one is just funny to it's hear funny. John Cleese over to say it. Yeah. At, the, at the end of it, uh, there's the Monty Python theme tune is going to be played right at the end of, after the promos as well. And if we can find anything else, I might slip it in. I'm not saying we will do. January, Cal, what are we going to do in January? I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it quiet because um, every time I say something, you're saying that. Yeah. What are we doing then? We are going to be doing. Children's TV from the 1980s. Hello. So, uh, anyone wants to send us in some comments for that, um, please do. That would be fantastic. Uh, join our Facebook page uh, as you, Facebook page, Facebook group, uh, Facebook group page. Please do. Um, that's going to be coming up. We've got some great episodes coming up in the new year, including the man who would be king, yes. um, which we might dress up for that for the photo. Why not? I yep. say. And we're doing Star Wars, aren't we? We are going to do Star Wars. Please bear in mind that we have issues with George Lucas. Yes. Uh, although we adore Star Wars, we're going to talk about the original Star yeah, Wars, yeah. 1977, the standalone yeah. film. Yeah. 
Um, so Star Wars Four. No, you mean Star, Star Wars? Wars. <laughs> Not your New Hope. It's yeah. Star Wars. All yeah. right. Uh, so if you want to send any comments for that, that'd be great. So it lends me to turn around and say Merry Christmas to you all and a Happy New Year. And a ho, ho, ho. My God, that's Christmas cheer for you. Is it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, most, yeah. That was like uh, Stephen Wright doing it. <laughs> Merry Your Christmas. Your Christmas, first, first Christmas as a married man? <laughs> yes, as ma- oh, yes. Can Careful you what you say, your yeah. wife's sitting behind you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Emma's going to wrap herself up. Yes, she's gonna wrap herself up in a big parcel. Oh, oh is that your is that your present? Yeah. And then gonna throw her out the window. Oh, <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody! See you all in January. Take care. Karma fairies are getting us. I know. What did you do? I didn't do anything. What did you do? I'm nothing. You're the bad one between the two of us. Well, that is true. <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. Attention, attention, it's finally here, the first and only podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com. Right, now let's see something decent and military. Some precision drilling. Squad! Camp it! At- okay, well, whoops, I've got your number that you couldn't afford me, dear two, three. I'll scratch your eyes out. Don't come the brigadier bit with us, dear. We all know where you've been, you military fairy. Two, three, one, two, three, four, five, three, Whoops, don't look now, girls. The major's just mint in that dolly-coloured sergeant. Two, three, ooh! Right, stop that. Silly. I'm a bit suspect, I think. Uh-huh.